This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast, Confessions of a Creative Director, the original podcast created by a creative director for creative directors, for people aspiring to be creative directors and creative people of all types. Welcome. I am your host, Jaime Cabrera. How's everybody doing? <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a good mood. Uh, I'm about to get on a plane here to Las Vegas to celebrate my 50th, 50th, 15th, <laughs> Freudian slip there, 15th wedding anniversary with my lovely wife. We're going to Vegas to meet some friends and then we're going to go see Silk Sonic and uh, yeah, it's going to be a blast. So I'm in a really good mood and I'm really in a good mood also because I'm going to share a great conversation with you with Sonny Thomas. He's SVP creative director at Pure Red, uh, a really cool agency in the Bay Area. They're a kind of part consultancy, kind of part production studio, creative shop. Uh, they're doing really some amazing things for a lot of big retail brands like Kroger, Albertsons, the Save Mart companies, Michaels, BevMo, uh, Walgreens, Rite Aid, and the list goes on and on. A lot of big names doing a lot of fast turn stuff, especially during COVID. Uh, he's going to talk a little bit about that. But uh, yeah, he and I really hit it off. We're kind of kindred spirits. He's a songwriter. Uh, he's an artist. He's a Sharpie enthusiast. And uh, he's really been getting into or intrigued by uh, all this AI art uh, that that's going around. So he's going to talk a little bit about that. So, without further ado, let's get into it with Sonny Thomas. Hey, Sonny, how you doing? Doing great. How are you, honey? Good. Thanks for making the time to uh, join the podcast. Uh, I was doing doing my research on you and, and uh, discovered somewhere that you are a fellow musician. So, uh, tell me a little bit about that because I always enjoy meeting other creative directors who are also musicians and songwriters. So, tell me a little bit about that right off the top. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So totally. I'm a musician. I play a little bit of everything, but I really came up playing drums, uh, punk rock, skateboarding, all that kind of thing growing up. We'll probably get into some of that a little bit later. But yeah, now I'm a, a chill dad of two uh, singer songwriter, <laughs> but I really use it more as like a collection of kind of just life's events. And I don't really have huge plans of getting famous with it, but it's definitely my outlet and I, I do it daily. So it's not just some kind of hobby. It's It's a passion. That's awesome. So when yeah. you say you do it daily, you mean you mean you're playing daily or you're writing you're writing stuff daily? I'm writing daily. Um, I, wow. I, I make it a, a point. I have a piano in my living room and then I have my my guitars and everything are in a different space. But I make sure to kind of have instruments everywhere <laughs> kind of staring at me and saying, you need to play me. You need to make time for me. So, That's yeah, very cool. Hey, hey, and never say never, man. Who, who knows? What if, what if both of us, uh, you know, find find stardom here at some point? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, you know. hey, you never know. You never know. Could it could happen? You never know. I, I've used uh, my my music my musical talent uh, for uh, a jingle once, you know, for a client. So yeah. you never know. Maybe maybe that'll become my most famous hit. Right? It's always that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, as a matter of fact, I used to do uh, jingles in the past too, and and my my biggest claim to fame is I once wrote a jingle for an infomercial that was voted worst infomercial of all time and it was <laughs> it was for a it was for this this ridiculous 
chair. It was called the um, it was called the Hawaii chair or the hula chair, Hawaii chair. And the premise was that it had like this motor in it, and it's supposed to like work out your core while you're working. <laughs> so I wrote this like Hawaiian jingle with the with the ukulele on it and stuff. Oh and, man! <laughs> uh, it got picked up by by Ellen DeGeneres, and she would have guests on her show. Uh, do the, the the machine? I never, you know, I, I I just sold it outright. I should have somehow licensed it or gotten some royalties off it. But yeah, <laughs> worst worst infomercial yeah. of all time. That's awesome. I mean, that's if I was going to do music for an infomercial, that would be like cool. I I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so let's um let's switch gears here and talk about about your your day job, which is yeah. uh, your creative director. Um, SVP, I believe, uh, creative yeah. director at uh, Pure Red. Tell me a little That's bit right. about that the agency because it looks super fascinating. It looks like you guys do a, a pretty wide range of things. It seems like you're part uh, ad agency, part consultancy, strategic consultancy, part studio. What what what's going on over there at, at Pure Red? Tell us a little bit about uh, what what happens there. Well, I think you just nailed it, actually. You know, but we say it's creativity, you know, it's content, it's technology. And I know it sounds like everything, but the company's been around since like 1967. And it was always um, kind of innovative in the retail promotional space. Like, I think uh, it was like the first company to do a fully digital catalog, like digital photos, file transfers, you know, getting rid. So it's always had this kind of tech side to it that was all geared to fuel innovation. And the client kind of clients we work with are, you know, pretty large retail consumer brand clients, mostly clients that uh, that offer a product that uh, is uh, going to be consumed rather quickly, like grocery, you know, or things where promotional uh, advertising is key to driving traffic and awareness. Right. So and to your point, yeah, we do. Uh, um, we have, st- I have a studio right outside my door where they're, they're shooting today, you know? And so it's really cool to be in an agency setting where, you know, we're not going outside for, uh, you know, the photography and the video and all that, you know, it's, it's kind of in house. Right. And I think we can do that because a lot of our clients, they're, you know, they're large retail, you know, they've got a lot of needs. It blow your mind really how many different kinds of projects, you know, are, are needed to be done by say any given retailer. It's much more than maybe you've, you think by what you see in the public, right? So, I mean, that's a little bit about Pure Ed. And then beyond that, yeah, we do like the full traditional end-to-end kind of thing, you know, but what makes us different is some of that technology aspects and the fact that we're generating our own content, you know, in-house and, and uh, yeah, there you go. Hope that explains and, it. And, and that, yeah, that's a great, that's a great uh, overview. And I imagine that, that, that the way that you guys are set up was probably super helpful during COVID, right? When everybody had to shift gears and make stuff, uh, I've talked about it a bunch on the show, make stuff very quickly, um, probably in, in some cases using you know old footage or, or using iPhone footage or using whatever it, it took to get to stay on the air or to stay you know uh, on social. Is, is that accurate? Were you guys pretty successful coming through um, COVID? It's it's such an interesting thing you, that you bring it up because not only were, were we successful, but um, and obviously COVID was a really tough time for everybody. But a lot of our our clients they were very important, right? You know, you're talking about you know large retailers in the food and drug space. You know, critical to to staying open. You know, and so one of the first things we had to do in that time was really kind of retrain people how to shop, like all those stand six feet apart kind of things and all that stuff. You know, I mean, we were just inundated and and our studio people especially they don't have the choice to work from home right i mean you 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 know i guess you could if you're just a person uh, shooting on their tabletop but you know it it requires the 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 team right to generate the content so they actually had the status um of they were totally it was okay for them to get into the studio i forget what the term was but um certain employees of certain companies were allowed access and able to be out even though we were in shutdown Oh yeah, yeah there so were right. I think essential essential workers essential. is the phrase, right? Yeah. Yes, like our some of our people were considered essential workers because we were supporting essential workers. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, okay. Yeah. yeah, I see how that I see how that comes full circle there. Um, yeah. so how long have you how long have you been um in the role of of creative director? Who I'd have to look back, you know, but I'm gonna guess it's been um 
it's I'm gonna, I could blow your mind that like I've been with this company for 23 years. <laughs> wow. So, right. And maybe we can get that, but uh, like, cause I know that is unheard of. That's unheard you know? of. Yeah. Uh, it's unheard of. And, and I'm not alone. Um, you know, like I, I, there's people that I started with that are still here with me, you know? Wow. So it's definitely pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a pretty, uh, family oriented kind of atmosphere for sure. I don't think I even asked your answer your question. Sorry about no, that. No, no, no. But I mean, it seems like, so you've been, uh, I, I gather you've been in that, in that role for a while. What's interesting to me is yes. obviously I get the whole, it's a great vibe. It's great people, but as creative people, e- even when that's the case, if we're not getting that creative itch, scratched right we tend to look around so you being there that long tells me that you've been able to kind of keep 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 getting you know, your your creative itch scratched so to speak is that yeah. is that is that fair to say yeah i know it's maybe it sounds cheesy i don't know but i always tell people i've never had the same year twice yeah. ever you know and i think a lot of that too it's not, it's typical in agency you know as clients leave, you know, you get new ones coming on board. Um, you know, that obviously ignites the fire because you have to become an expert in something totally new, you know, and that is maybe the way you spend a couple years until you really kind of are like, you know, um, just you understand it so completely, you know, in order to really communicate at the level you need to, in order to really, you know, help solve the problems that we're given to solve. Right. So I think that's part of it, but I think the other part of it, is, you know, with my unique story is I was brought in to start a creative department, you know, with uh, three other individuals. So I think for me, it's, you know, like, hey, this is kind of my baby, you know, and I've, I've watched yeah. it kind of grow. And we've had lots of uh, super talented people come and leave, you know, and we've had many come back. Um, so I think there's that ownership, you know, that you're like, hey, this is this is something that you want to see through. So that definitely keeps you really happy and hungry to, to make sure that we're successful. And and I've had a great career here. So that's, that's the other thing, you know, but, yeah. but the, to, to finish that thought off, there's one thing that I've learned for sure is, is to be in this specific space, like retail and the speed of retail needs to be in your DNA. You have to like that, you know, you, you have to like the fact that you're going to get thrown tons of variables and you're not always going to be able to kind of lay it out and say, this is how I'd like to approach this project. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. you're going to have to say, all right, well, it's time to kind of smash our normal process and kind of make it more fluid, you know, and we still need to make it look great and make it work and make it be the best work it could possibly be, you know? So I yeah. love that. I love variables and I love constraints and I love putting them together and trying to figure out like, all right, how are we going to make this awesome? You're, you're speaking my language because I, I love the idea of constraints, but put a pin in that because before we do, before we talk about your process, I want to want you to to um, describe how you see the role of creative director, right? Everybody that I have on the show sees it a little bit differently. And, and, the, and the descriptions are great and the analogies and sort of the, the way that people think about it. How, how do mm-hmm. you see it, the metaphors? Uh, how, how do you see the, the role of a creative director? What's your best yeah. metaphor? Yeah, so that's that's fun. Um, it's funny, like I saw you on LinkedIn and you had a creative coach, right? And I, I've seen people say that, you know, but... Um, I'll take a little different spin on that. Uh, so I, my first few jobs in the industry, I didn't have a creative director, right? So when I first came here, this is the first time I had a creative director and he was super intimidating. You know, he was like that prototypical, you know, if you don't kern your type, you know, you're going to get the beat down kind of thing. Uh, and he, he was, but he's so talented, right? And, and he was hands-on, he was hands-on keys. Like if, if I couldn't, if I couldn't deliver, I mean, it wouldn't be, crazy for him to say, can you give me your file? (laughs) Which is like the worst, right? Right. You know, you don't ever want to have that done, right? So I think like to a certain degree, you know, I feel like a creative director needs to be hands-on. You know, you need to show your team that you can do some kick-ass creative. You know, I think that's something that doesn't go away. Now, now, obviously that's going to be a little bit different with what kind of project you're dealing with and, and the roles of your team, you know, but every now and then to jump in, roll up your sleeves and actually design or write, depending on where you came from versus just like, here's the kernel or the, here's the territories. I think it's key, right? So that's one thing. So I would say not a creative coach, but like 
a uh what they have in the 70s it was like a player manager in baseball where it's yes. like <laughs> where it's like pete rose you know and he's like leading off but he's also managing the team <laughs> or, or whatever yes. you know so maybe that's, that's kind great. of it you know but i yeah, would say that yeah yeah that's yeah. funny that you mentioned that because i was having a conversation with one of my new uh colleagues and he mentioned that same metaphor right it's like you're you're the player coach <laughs> you're still playing yeah. you're still but you're you're also in charge of other you know, of, of, of other aspects of, you know, driving the team forward. Okay. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, <laughs> and I like not enough, uh, Pete Rose, uh, references, Charlie hustle. Who's, you know, Charlie I always hustle. love that. I always love that. I always, I always think I'm, I'm, I'm like Charlie hustle, man. I'm, maybe not the, maybe not the gambling part, but, um, but yeah, that's a great, uh, that's a great, uh, metaphor. That's funny. So, all right, now let's come back to the process. So, I've been big over the last couple of years on this idea of like agile, right? And working yeah. agile, which it, working with an agency that sounds like it's pretty tech forward, you probably, um, you know, know what that is, right? Which is basically just working in a in a very quick sort of way, producing value in quicker intervals so you can get buy off and then moving and faster yeah. as opposed to like, we're going to work on this for six weeks and then we're going to present it and the client is going to hate it. And then we've lost yeah. six weeks. Yep. So it sounds like you have a little bit of that mentality too, but tell me a little bit about your creative process. You mentioned constraints, constraints which oh, I yeah. love, but just tell me yeah. a little bit about how you think. Yeah, no, that's funny because yes, agility is key and we, we drank it from the same well. Um, so for me, you know, when I think about my creative process, you know, it's not unlike music, right? Like if I were to ask you like, hey, how'd you write that song? It's like, sometimes it starts with a lyric. Sometimes it starts with like a rhythm. Sometimes it starts with a melody, you know? I, you know, it starts in different manners, but it always ends up being a song, right? So that's one thing that I, I definitely uh, believe in. But I, there's one thing about me, I don't know if it's always a good thing, but I'm pretty consistent in it. Like if I get like a piece of Ikea furniture, I don't read the instructions, I dive right in. And I'm kind of the same way with creative. And one little secret I've been able to do over the years is if I can get like snoop out the brief before we have the briefing, like I'll do it every time. And I like to just read through it and then just be kind of uh, prolific with pulling ideas and, and just jotting stuff down and just getting it out of my system. And I used to think I would do it. And that was about like, you know, getting ahead. But what really where it benefited me is it quieted, it would quiet my head when I was in the actual briefing versus trying to solve the problem in that room. And I know yeah. as creatives, we do that, right? Like as soon as they start talking about the problem, you're trying to solve it. Well, if you exhaust yourself a little bit before you get into that briefing, now you're hungry for information. Okay, I've done the surface streets. I've done the obvious stuff. Um, you know, I, I've, I've just pulled it all together. Now I'm ready and I'm hungry for some new insights, you know, so I can develop something fresh, you know, and ownable. So that's, that's, that's definitely... That's really, really, really smart. Like I never, I never thought about that. So you're kind of getting it all, getting it all out of your system ahead of time, so that you can, once the briefing happens, you can kind of put that all aside because you already know you've generated some things, and now you can kind of come at it at a place that feels more relaxed. Now, let me ask you though, how do you, how do you quiet the, uh, you know? the I, i'll call it the inner don draper right to want to, like, <laughs> to want to have that big moment right and say say the answer in the meeting and everybody like man um, Sonny, you're brilliant right like how do you quiet that part <laughs> of your brain so that you can just listen right because that's something yeah. that i've struggled with over the i'm not anymore but that struggle because you want you want to just go out there and say it's this and then everybody's right. like yeah you did yeah it. and they carry you off on their shoulders and exactly uh, so so, okay, full honesty, like a lot of the clients we have, we're with them for a long time and there's a comfort level there. And if I'm feeling it, I'll just say it. It's okay, you know? But, you know, if it's it maybe a newer relationship, you know, it's probably better to hold that back unless you're that confident. But um, I don't make it a big habit, but I've done it, you know? And yeah. it's it, and mixed reviews. There's been ideas I've thrown out and it's just crickets and ideas yeah. where we start collaborating on the fly, you know? So I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing the ideas. You know, uh, you just got to kind of read the room, I guess. Right, right, right. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I really love that. Um, 
I really love that technique, right? Because you, you, you're right. It would I can see how it would really quiet your brain down so you can kind of really focus instead of, like you said, you know, and it also comes down. It, it's also like when you're, you know, you're having a debate with somebody, right? And yeah. and instead of listening to what they're saying, you're trying to, you're trying <laughs> to formulate the response to what they said a second ago. Right. And yep. so you're not listening. So it's, it, it reminds yep. me of that kind of thing where it's like, okay, let me quiet down so that yeah. I can, um, so that I can hear what people are actually, what the problem is and how we might be able to help. What about yeah. any other sort of go to, um, you know, creative process things? Like, can, can you give us an insight into how you might hold, a, you know, an ideation session or a brainstorming or, you know, can you give us a, some, some secret sauce there? Uh, yeah. So, um, I, I thought I heard you say on another podcast that you don't believe in brainstorm sessions. And, well, and I'm, I, I'm, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I, I, I think there's a, a way to frame it up in a different way, but then you mentioned ideation and that's what I've always referred it to, at least yeah. in more recent times. Um, it, it's kind of like, you know, you can't show up to a buffet empty handed. You can't show up to a brainstorm empty headed kind of thing. You right. know, you have to, you have to come into a brainstorm with some materials, you know? And I think, there was like this vision that people just showed up and they posted the brief on the, on the, on the board and they just start coming up with ideas, which is absolutely false. But, but in terms of generating ideas, like for me, um, you know, from a CD perspective, you know, I, I really try and once I got all the information from the brief, you know, I feel like my number one job is to frame up the assignment into territories, right? It's like, okay, we're going to do one that answers the brief. Typically, I say I want one that answers the brief. It's kind of easy to say yes to. It does the job. It's good work. It's solid. And then I and then I start skewing it. And we all do this, right? We all try and get it over to like the concept that's really pushed and makes them uncomfortable, you know. But if I can honestly pull that brief and come up with the the disparate territories that they need to operate in, I think I've done a good job of setting them up for success. And then they really need to kind of help define, you know, what that means from a messaging and, and, you know, look, tone and feel perspective, you know? So to me, it's, it's a lot of that. Sometimes personally, I'll just start jotting down like, uh, taglines and well, we're songwriters, right? And so I think in words, you know, I think in what, what do I think is going to emotionally appeal to people? And I think in these, these little blurbs and sometimes, you know, I'll just go post those up and just look for what jumps out get other people to look for what jumps out. And sometimes that's the brainstorm, you know, or the yeah. session. We just come in and look at a wall of words and just start talking, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of, so my big, my big uh, sort of beef with that, with the traditional idea of brainstorming, I and I still sometimes use that phrase as a kind of a catch-all for, for that is just that like, hey, you know, walk into a room, no brief, just a few, you know, uh, ask from the client. It's like, all right, who's got ideas? Like that's the thing that drives <laughs> me nuts, right? Cause yeah. that, it doesn't work. You have to do some, and I love that you said like, you, you got to do some prep work, right? Whether it's, I want to answer these questions or like I've, I've developed these territories. Let's, let's riff on these. That's, um, I, I love that because I think, um, you know, just going into a room and it's like, okay, who's got ideas? You know, yeah. it just doesn't, it just doesn't work, you know? No, it, it doesn't. And, and one rule I had was, um, we can't do those on Monday ever. Really? Okay. Tell <laughs> yeah, me about no that. way. I'm just saying like Monday, it's just like, I think universally it's like getting, cause you got to come into those things with energy and yeah. ideas and excitement. And there was always just a bit of grogginess, you know? And it's like, I always felt like middle of the week is when people were really like excited on fire, throwing out. I, and the most important part, one up being building on top of, I mean, we would be in meetings where we would get so excited and just coming up with these ideas and we'd come up with the idea and leave the room and no one even knew who came up with it. We had no idea. It was just this idea that just, uh, showed up, you know, through all the great energy and the back and forth thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, do yeah. you, so there's a, there's a guy named, um, I think it's Daniel Pink. He, he wrote a book called, um, a whole new mind, which I love, which is all about how creative people are, are sort of the the new leaders, right? But he also wrote this other oh, book yeah. about timing, and he talks about timing being very important to certain tasks. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think he mentioned, you know, 
that for most people create their their most creative time is in the afternoon. But it's interesting to hear your whole thing about Monday. Do you think there's something to that? Like the the besides the whole day, right? Because I I get the whole Monday thing. But do you think like is there a time of day that you feel more more creative? It's funny. Like so, bef- before I really started my career, it was nighttime, hundred percent. Like I painted, I, I'm, you know, I'm an artist, you know, I'm a musician. I did all that stuff after people went to sleep, right? I, I'd stay up way late. Um, and then it's it flipped. So now I do my best work from like 6.30 a.m. to like to like 10. And to, once everybody gets in, the day starts. So I actually get in yeah. at 6.30 a.m. I'm capitalizing on that because it's just, that's, great. that's when it's flowing. And, and I feel like, what's that saying? Like you get more done by like 6.30 than most people do all day kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's it, that's kind of like what I feel like. Like, man, I, I'm, I'm feeling great. I, I've achieved what I wanted to do today and it's just getting started, you know? And, and when you when you when you say work, you're talking about creative work, or you're talking about like the other you know mundane stuff that creative directors have to do, like planning and and kind of organizing and setting schedules. Or you're talking about doing actual creative work. Yeah, actual creative work, or building a presentation, or getting the team set up for success. All those things. Um, the more like creative admin and the, the business side stuff that can wait till after ten. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, seriously, like, like it's, and I think it's because it's quiet. Yeah, you no, know, no distractions. You know, no. Yeah, yeah you're able I to love. Focus. I love that early morning time. That's yeah. that's really great. Um, so if you were, you know, if you were, I've come to I've come to realize that what I hope that the podcast is doing and the book that I'm writing is doing is really helping somebody that's about to become a creative director or, or thinks that that's what they want to do, or maybe they've just started the role and they're kind of confused. Right. So if you had to give a piece of advice to, you know, somebody that's about to become a, a creative director, what do you, what do you think it would be? Yeah, that's, that's a really great point of view, like the way you're framing it, because I think we can all agree. We came up, did you come up through the design side or the writing side? More of the writing side. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, you know, when you're doing those disciplines, right, and you're really, really good at it, I think there's an assumption that, okay, it's time to move to the next level. And you kind of elevate to the next level through your career. And we all can agree, you know, with each rung you go up, you you get a little bit further away from what got you in it, right? And And there does come a point in your career where, you know, you're realizing that when I become a creative director, I am not just, I have to be passionate about the projects and I have to be equally passionate about the people. Right. And so that is to me a tipping point. You need to you need to be able to answer that. Like, can you really mentor a team? Can you really, uh, you know, get the best out of them and, and know that that is your job? You have to kind of leave where you're comfortable. Right. You can't you can't solve every problem, you know, although, right. you know, being hands on, you can you can help. So I, my advice would be someone who wants to take that leap needs to really understand that it's very different. It's a very like I was so confident as a uh, designer, you know, especially in my, in my early twenties, like I thought I was the greatest thing until I met Doug, my first creative director. Um, but when I took that jump into being a CD, all that confidence went away. It was starting over. It was yeah. like, I want to, I want to be the boss that, that I had, or I want to, am I, am I being, am I giving my team the right info? Did I give them bad direction? It's like, you're second guessing everything. So because I'm passionate about people and, and their success, you know, I feel like it's the perfect job for me, but you need that. You can't just be really great at being creative, you know, or coming up with wonderful ideas. It's, it's not enough, you know? Right. It's not enough. And earlier, uh, and is, is Doug still around in, in some capacity or is he? Oh, he's, a, <laughs> I hope he's, I hope he's still with us, but um, I haven't talked to him in years. Okay, yeah. so we can talk about Doug. He probably won't. He probably won't hear the podcast. But it sounds like, it sounds like Doug was from another era, right? Are there things that, um, and you know, that's through no fault of his own. But he's. It's just in the brief description that you gave to me. He sounded like a real kind of like a hard ass, right? Was was what things did you take from him, and what things did you leave behind? If you're comfortable talking about that. Oh, I am. I am. I have so much love for him. Uh, but, but yeah, he was intimidating. That's the term I would use, you know, but again, so talented, but a different era. I mean, I, I basically, uh, 
when he moved, I took his light table. I was like, I want something from this guy. So I'll take yeah. your light table. And it was filled with Pantone markers. I mean, yeah. this, he was doing marker comps, you know, that's, I mean, he, he's going back, right? He would pull out the onion skin and sketch stuff up, you know, and give very, very, uh, um, exact direction, you know? Yeah. But I, th- I think, I think what came from that was, you know, he was, he was mentoring. He, he mentored us like no other, right. But his standards are really high. Um, you know, and, and I think it really helped me define a, a strong work ethic and, and kind of understand expectations and how that works, you know, especially in a department with multiple people, um, it, process. I mean, he taught me all the nitty gritty. It wasn't until later that I had a creative director that came from like the agency world who taught me about the creative leadership, you know, and that was right. a gentleman by the name of Perry. And it kind of opened my world to culture. And, you know, cause I think before that, the culture was, you know, getting the work done, you know, um, you know, and having fun and the, doing and the, it. And the whole, and the, and the whole, like, we're, we're staying here all weekend and all, you know, all yeah. night till it get, was that part of it or, or not? It, it was, it, it was, and it wasn't, um, you know, I don't want to pay him like he was, he wasn't mean, he was just stern, you know, and he was yeah. a serious person with, uh, you know, a dry sense of humor, but it really wasn't until I had someone coming from an agency world into our environment, you know, and still early on where we were able to kind of see that, wow, you know, like, you know, the culture, you know, and, and leading creatives is a very different, it's a different thing, you know, and it needs to be treated quite differently. And so I learned right. tons, tons from both of them for sure. That's, that's great. And, and so, um, would you say, from from the second person or maybe even just from just how you are as a person did you you know how big is like empathy and and empathizing with you know your your team and what they've got going on is that part of your of your style 100 percent, yeah like like it's you know if i were to say what's more important i mean of course the work's always important but the people oh my goodness you know you have to you have to empathize you have to get in their shoes you have to truly care. And I think we do a good job of, uh, as, as, as teams, just talking and sharing personal stories and really knowing each other and having relationships that transcend, you know, the project, you know, like really checking in on people. Hey, you know, how you doing? And, and really getting to know them versus because right now work from home, primarily, it's like, it's a lot of teams, it's a lot of chatting, you know, and you really got to make extra effort and time to really take a second and to see how everybody's doing on a personal level. Right. I think it's pretty yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned something that that tr- that that triggered something in my brain. You mentioned markers and I I did read something about <laughs> you about you being and I think it's on your LinkedIn. You just have a really cool image of a of a Sharpie. What's that all about? You're you're a, you're a Sharpie artist. You're a tell me about Oh that. man. So I feel like I missed I I missed there was like this period of time where that wasn't a thing and now it's a total thing of people just kind of doodling. But you know how I said I just like to jump into creative? That like absolutely defines my art style too. And um, and I'm just kind of known uh, around the office and otherwise like I do doodles of these characters I've created and I, I use a Sharpie um, and, and I've done it in my offices in the past where they just take up whole walls. Um, but the bent tip on that Sharpie is kind of like that's, that's me. Everybody knows it's my Sharpie. I don't know if it's like a nervous tick but in meetings, I can't even have a meeting without a Sharpie in my hand. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get sponsored by Sharpie. Sharpie, will you sponsor me? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I use your product. I mean, I'll use the big 44 Magnum ones and like the little, t- I mean, I use them all. But yeah, um, I, I'm just a doodler. I've always been that way. In fact, a lot of times in in meetings, I'll doodle and that's that's kind of what helps me remember what's being said. It's, it's completely... Uh, it, I'm, uh, it's subconscious, you know, I'm not really thinking about what I'm doing on that paper. I'm really taking in the information, but I'm, I'm just kind of working through a little sketch. <laughs> it's always done that's, it. That's yeah. very cool. That's very cool. All right. On that note, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more from Sonny Thomas.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back uh, with my conversation with Sonny Thomas. I've, I'm so out of practice. It's been it's been a while since I've I've done uh, some podcasting. I've been working on the book that I forgot to start off our show with a little with a little toast. Uh, what do you tell us? What you're drinking over there? I've got a uh, Maui Wowie IPA from Altamont Brewery. It's out here in Livermore. It's a uh, Slightly tropical. It's clear. I don't drink the hazy stuff, you know. But it's just a delicious IPA from one of my favorite breweries. What do you got? That sounds that sounds really good, actually. I am drinking a delicious tequila and soda, which is my my drink with a big old uh, twist of lime there, and I always yeah. hit it with a little bit of salt too. I like a, a little saltiness. Ooh. But uh, yeah, cheers, man. Thanks again for cheers for yeah, joining the, the podcast. I'm I'm enjoying our. Our conversation, I feel like we have a lot in common. We're kind of kindred spirits here. Yeah, I think we're going to take this show on the road. We should. We should. <laughs> um, so we were we were talking um, a little bit about, you know, the, the future, right? And, it, you know, obviously COVID kind of changed things um, in, in one way, I think, right, where everything is kind of like faster cheaper you know don't lose quality but it's got to be fast and it's got to be relevant and you got to be in real time almost but there's this other thing that's happening too which is you know the 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 rise of the robots you know the rise of of ai and i i I, you had mentioned something to me that really kind of piqued my interest what what do you think about that what do you, you you mentioned something that you saw that really kind of blew your mind can you can you tell us about that yeah, no, I think that's so. Yeah, you know, I, I think we all have heard about you know this this AI revolution, and and up to a point, everything I've seen has been kind of meh, right? And then and then a few maybe six or a year ago, I'm not sure, but then all of a sudden uh, there was audio coming out, and it was like here's a Doors song that never existed. Did you hear that? Yes, uh, I've heard oh, stuff. I didn't. Uh, I don't think I heard the Doors one, but I did hear some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so they did like an AI uh, door song, an AI Nirvana song, and and I listened to those, and still I was like, okay, yeah, it sounds like the Doors, but then you know the the AI Jim Morrison comes on, and it's like soulless, <laughs> right? So I'm like, okay, we're still good, we're still okay. AI is not going to take it over, but then I think I've learned to just never say there's no way it can blank, right? And and what led me to that was recently um, uh, a director, her name's. Uh, Karen X Cheng, you'll find her on Instagram. Um, super cool. She does awesome work. She's a creator. Uh, I think, yeah, director experiments with AI and AR. Um, she got tapped to do a cosmopolitan, a Cosmo cover. And this cover was completely done uh, using AI. And she kind of walked through the process and it was really, really interesting. So um, and have you used any of these tools at all no because i can kind of explain what i know i am not an expert i i will throw that out there so so basically there's there's dolly um mini and now there's dolly 2 and dolly 2 is like the real big thing and um and it's by OpenAI, and that's the tool that she used and essentially she was feeding it creative direction through a prompt right and all that really is it's keywords and so she was going through like this iterative process of, uh, you know, designing a cover and the cover is really cool. It's like uh, uh, an astronaut, a, um, a female astronaut, and it's really, really graphic looking and it's just, it's super cool colors and it's awesome, right? And so she quickly shows all the different prompts she gave it and she's tweaking words as she goes and everything's just okay. But then she says, I finally nailed the prompt and I'm going to read for you the prompt. Is that okay? Yeah, no, th- I, okay. Yeah, please do. So, so the exact prompt that she gave was a wide angle shot from below of a female astronaut with an athletic feminine body 
walking with swagger towards camera on Mars in an infinite universe, comma, synthwave digital art. <laughs> Wait, what, yeah, was the last part? what was the last part? Synthwave digital art. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what it produced, you know, uh, was incredible. And so, you know, and, and so on the cover, it's got the Cosmo header. It's got this cool, uh, you know, astronaut. And it says below it, this, this is our AI uh, magazine. And it was, it was created in 20 seconds. Wow. Right. Right. But we know that it, it like she, she was working on it for hours. I think she said that she looked through like thousands of images you know, and, and she spent a lot of time, but the fact that the quality was so good was pretty mind blowing. And so what I did is I took her prompt and copied and pasted it, pasted it into the first generation, like Dolly mini. I think it's called like, oh, it's called like Crayol or some, it's like crayon, like, but the AI is AI. Right. Okay. And so I did that and the results were back to the weird Jim Morrison thing. Right. Where it's just like, oh, I can't use that. But the advancements that they've made with this this new version is it's so mind blowing that it starts to lead to, to these big questions that I think we should talk about is okay well what does this mean you know for not just you know advertising and creative directors but also like stockhouses <laughs> you know right. because so what I saw was you know basically you can spend fifteen dollars. You know, once this goes live, I'm on the waiting list. You should go check it out. Get on the waiting list. Open AI, Dolly too. Okay. Um, and they're starting to they're starting to bring people in. But for fifteen dollars, you get 115 credits. And think of each credit as being a prompt. So when you put in a series of keywords and hit return, that's a prompt, right? And you're going to get fed back four images. So that would be, you know, that's that's one of your 115. Okay. Right. And, and so here's the other thing. This stuff is completely able to be used in commercial. Wow. So yeah. let me ask you something. So for in the example that you gave of the astronaut, where did it pull the image of the astronaut? Did it make it? Yeah, it just made it. And, and, and I don't know how it worked. Well, it uses, you know, it uses, you know, well, I shouldn't talk about it like I know. It. I'm assuming it uses everything on the internet as reference points and develops its own point of view using the AI technology. Um, but somehow they're able to figure it out to not use uh, like trademarked or branded stuff or famous people. Like, so they've been really working. They're even working on it to a point because they've detected some bugs with um, like, I don't know the, the specific example, but let's say they, t oh, they typed in CEO and it was returning like a lot of like white men, you know? And wow. so people, right, you know, so even like AI is, you know, guilty of, you know, uh, bias in that manner. And so they're, right. they're even working on that, you know? So it's really, it's, it's, it's a really interesting time for us because it, it reminds me of digital photography, right? When that first happened and all the people with the film were like, that's not real photography. Yeah. And then, you know, go ahead, like, you know, 10, 12 years and everybody's got like the most amazing camera in their pocket and everybody's right. shooting great photos. Right. And so I guess the question is, has that been a detriment or has that led to more innovative and cool things, you know? So I think, I think the thing that's freaky is what I just asked about, right? It's that it's making things out of thin air or it's taking you know it's combining and all. that's the thing that that's weird i don't i don't i don't know that i'm afraid of it necessarily but but and i again i was talking to somebody about this because i was telling them that i was having a conversation with you today and we were going to touch on this and uh, you know i was thinking i guess i would be more concerned for um someone who's more kind of coming up like th that's just starting their career because in a lot of ways what they're doing is a somebody's got to feed it somebody's got to feed it the prompt and that person has to have mm -hmm. enough information enough conceptual and strategic information to be en to enter in that prompt like so that person mm -hmm. somehow knew that that was the the right prompt to enter based on everything she knew about what the assignment was whatever 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 that takes a certain amount of, you know, experience, I think, right? So those people, and I'll just say us, kind of, right? People that are mm -hmm. creative director level, maybe. 
I almost feel like we're okay. We can enter the proms. <laughs> what's going to happen to the kid that we were working with to help make the prompt that was just on a piece of paper come to life in the in the old fashioned way, so to speak, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. feel like it's 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 almost like those things are becoming a commodity. And so, you know, what I worry about that. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think it does. You know, it it'll be interesting to see though, like how that kind of technology even changes who is developing uh creative uh, who says that like you know your traditional agency is you know because right now we're seeing such a uh, movement with creators that are you know a, a shop of one you know right. just someone who's happened to have a good instagram following and they can create some really cool branded content you know so i mean this if anything probably gives them a lot of power I'm, I'm just really curious about at what point will this be able to take over video <laughs> like static image is one thing but is there going to be a point where we can do like prompt based you know uh 10 second reels <laughs> you know who knows yeah yeah and, and um because i i think the one that i saw the thing that i saw was video based and i i think it was video and song and it was like a travis scott like somebody used AI to recreate a Travis Scott song and a Travis Scott video or something like that. And, okay. um, and, and, you know, I don't know how much you, I'm not a huge Travis Scott fan, but I, you know, he uses a lot of that auto tune and stuff. So it sounded pretty legit and the visuals looked what I like, what I would expect from it. But um, yeah, I mean, so I think the thing that does scare me now I'm talking out of the other side of my mouth is when it becomes, what's the word that they use, uh, satient satient when it becomes when the when the computer becomes self-aware and they don't need the prompt anymore and now they're just completely autonomous (laughs) that's the part that's freaky (laughs) that scares everybody yeah i don't know how far we are from that but you know when you start looking at like creative automation tools that are out there you start looking at software that's so WYSIWYG that anybody can jump in and do a display banner ad, you know, then you start looking at like AI. It's really interesting to see how all those things can kind of come together and, and create like these solutions that really didn't exist before. And I, again, like I said, I, I, I think what we do will always have a role, you know, but yeah. how we, how we do it is obviously changing very, very quickly. You know, you know, what's interesting kind of to put this sort of full circle is it's interesting that, the prompt obviously is words, right? So someone like <laughs> you or someone like me, we're songwriters where we, we work with, you know, language, you know, maybe that gives us sort of a, a you know, a, a leg up on some other folks, but it's interesting to think that it comes down to language. So what about those people who are very good at, at visualizing and, and, and concepting, but don't know how to articulate it, you know, is that going to be, yeah, you know, it's just something to, to think about. Like, how does that work? Yeah, I totally. Uh, and maybe their job is to evaluate what comes back from the prompt, you know, and, and, and decide what, what's looking good and what's not, you know, who knows? I mean, if they've got that aesthetic IQ and, and someone else is really good at prompting, maybe it's working together beats me. And, and did, um, and I would love if you could send me a link to that so I can post it in the on um, on LinkedIn so that people can watch it so they can see what, mm-hmm. what we're talking about. But yeah. um, in that particular example, did they use the the final thing just kind of wholesale, or did they continue to tweak it and and because does I wonder does it spit it out as sort of a finished file, or does it spit it out in a way that you could still manipulate it? Yeah, I don't. I well, first of all, yeah, they had to like you know, go in and mess with it, you know, and I'm sure they tweaked a few things um, because they had to get the header in there and the type over it, you know, so, and Hey, since you're in there, you might as well like pump up the volume over here. And, you know, I'm sure they tweaked it, but I don't know what it exports at. I think that's a, um, I'm sure they've, hopefully it's just not like a, you know, screen res image because I fully plan on, I mean, how many times are you like searching through, um, people's uh, photo books or, you know, Google images, and you're looking for an image that doesn't exist, this right. would be pretty cool. That would <laughs> you know? be pretty cool. Yeah. And, and maybe it's just for comp. I got a studio, you know, if, if I'm just building a mood board and I'm, I'm giving it prompts and I'm getting my mood board and like super half the time and it's all super uh, conceptual, that's awesome. 
Yeah, that would be. I mean, it'd be you know whichever one of the stock houses can can figure that out is going to be you know going <laughs> to do very well, right? If they can, because that's that's the. I mean, it eats up so much time, right? It's like doing these searches for yeah, like, you know, family and car. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, love this yeah. thing, but they're they're not. You know, we need a, yeah. a diverse family, so then you got to go back. So you know, diverse family yep. and car go, and there it. And oh there it yeah. Is, so. Yeah, I, I used to exciting. have. It is. It, I used to have a joke. Like we would get feedback on a photo that was stock, and and it would be like, "Hey, can you can you like you know move that car or something like that?" And it, and I always referred to it as as getting art direction for a photo shoot that happened years ago. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like can't do it. You know, but maybe with this you can. You know, maybe. just change that prompt a little bit. Maybe you can. So I wondered, like, you know, how does that change? It also has like implications on like how people come up. Like, what will if there is such a thing as as a you know advertising school? What are they What are they teaching you? You know, they're teaching you how to how to how to write prompts, or they're teaching you. I mean, <laughs> well, you still have to learn. I'm sure there's still you still have to learn the 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 um, you know you still have to analyze and figure out why things worked in the past and look at things and ads and campaigns that worked in the past to try to figure it out. But it just becomes sort of interesting. Are you not even designing anymore? And it's more sort of, you know, uh prompt based yeah. or, 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 you know, even thinking further ahead. I mean, they just attaching like some kind of electrodes to your brain and whatever totally. you're visualizing is, is there it's, yeah. and it's there. Yeah. I think, I think if anything, what this could produce is, you know, can you imagine like you're, you're just Googling something or whatever, you know, and, and, you know, imagine like getting returned results that are tailored to you in so many ways, even down to the, the visuals being created on the fly, you know, who knows? It's just, it's just amazing to me. And I want to play with it. And as soon as I do, you know, I think I'll have a, a more firm kind of grasp on like how if it's scary or if it's cool. I don't know yeah. yet. I'm gonna sign up yeah. for that. That sounds that sounds really interesting. Yeah. All right. So we've come to that uh, that moment in the in the uh, podcast where it's time to pay off the title of the show, "Confessions of a Creative Director." So, Sunny, what 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 do you want to what what do you want to confess to, or what do you want to get <laughs> off your your chest? This is your this is your big moment yeah. to get it all out. Yeah, well, you know, um, so something that's kind of interesting, I've been doing this since I was, well, I've been doing this forever. I, I was doing punk flyers when I was a 15-year-old kid, you know, and I'm, I'm 44 now, so I've done this my whole life. And and it's probably good for, for the youngins to hear it. It's like that arc of the job where you're like excited and then you're terrified and you're, you're like, am I going to, is this the one that's going to do me in, <laughs> you know, am I going to be able to come up with the idea that never leaves, at least for the people who are passionate about what they do, it does not go. And, and it's funny. I heard another one of your episodes, someone had brought up like that, you know, you, you feel like almost like an imposter kind of idea, like that idea of being a hack kind of thing. Right. And I honestly feel like, maybe like two years ago, I got over that. Like, I don't think, you know, I'm the smartest person in the room by any means, but I feel like, hey, I'm pretty good at what I do. But it took like my whole career to do that. And I got to believe it's something to do with the arts. It has to be. You hear comedians talk about it. You hear all these creative people just feel kind of like, you know, when are they going to figure me out? <laughs> you know? yeah. It's just, it's just part of it. But so that's, that's one. But then I want to give you a real confession. All right? all right. Like, like, um, Okay, so years ago, years ago, oh, it's gonna be good. I, I can already tell. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, I think it's funny, um, at least now. But years ago, I was working on an assignment, and it was like a national kind of campaign about prostate cancer. Okay, and um, and so you know, this was <clears throat> back in the day where you know uh, Photoshop could produce giant images, but the computers couldn't keep up with it. You know, and and so I was directing this this designer. And it was, it was back in the day where you would build a montage of stock images and it was like feathered around it, but they all kind of worked together. And, and we were building these huge billboards, sides of trucks, all this large format stuff. So we would have to make decisions. Hey, do I want you to bump that up two clicks or do I want you to save? <laughs> you know, and we'd watch it save and we'd jump back in, right? So everything seemed like it was going great. And, um, and so someone told me, they're like, Hey man, that billboard that you guys worked on, it's out. And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna go check it out. 
And I'm standing there looking at the billboard and I was like, wait a second, what is that? You know, and so it again, it's for prostate cancer. And there, there's like a scientist, there's a microscope, and there's like a patient, like an older gentleman, right, that fits about the age of getting a prostate exam. But he has an alligator clip on his neck for a dental bib, <laughs> right? Oh. So, <laughs> and 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 what was tiny on a on a screen is now, you know, I mean, I gotta say that alligator clip was probably like two and a half feet. You know, wow. big, you know, large, right? And it was clear as it, no one ever mentioned it except my my team, you know, and me. But I remember driving by this billboard and just hanging my head in shame, you know, every time of seeing this alligator clip for someone who's clearly getting a, uh, a you know, a cleaning, you know, for a prostate cancer poster. Um, so it really did teach me, you know, as they say, the devil's in the details. You know, um, so that's my real confession. I never really, obviously, <laughs> so you told... never you never shared it with a client or anything, obviously, right? No, like I didn't know it until long after it had published, and and you know, at that point, it was just long gone, you know, and it ran its course. But yeah, oh boy, you know, that's yeah, one way to get. But... I mean, that I don't know. I don't. I was make make a crude joke about you know getting getting checked for prostate cancer <laughs> at the dentist's office. That's that's probably a pretty <laughs> scary visual for us. That would be pretty oh, weird, yeah. but um, that's pretty that's pretty funny. And and yeah, and, and you know now kind of coming back to the whole, you know, back to the whole AI thing, right? It's like you know, you're enter, you're entering the you're entering the prompt, and it's like you got to get it right so that you don't get the the alligator clip in there. <laughs> that's a great point. You know, you have to really uh, vet what the AI engine's doing. You know. You can't yeah, just... now you're talking about t- like now is it is it like you're gonna worry about a typo right like you type something in that you inadvertently yeah. didn't mean to type in there oh so done it yeah you know what I'd say is really fun is I'll send you the link for the the Instagram post that shows the but I felt it was really fun and we did a little thing like in our team's thread for the office. Uh, of using the subpar dolly and people were having fun just typing that was what was coming back was you know kind of creepy you know (laughs) so that's actually kind of fun too you know just seeing what kind of weird stuff yeah yeah so you know what's interesting too is um is you know maybe maybe there's a way to use that as just as a tool right to ideate or to kind of like expand your thinking or or something so Maybe we can stave it off, stave off the robots a little longer, and just kind of keep them as maybe make them more kind of helpers, right? And that help us think uh, differently. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this has been great, man. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. Uh, I, I yeah, really enjoyed thank it. You. Um, I, I'd love to hear your music. And as a matter of fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you right now. If you're, if you're open to it, send me one of your songs that that you think best okay. sort of describes you I'd, I'd love to close the show out with that i've done that uh, a couple times oh wow folks that have been songwriters if you're up for it if you're up for it yeah 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 i think it'll be fun wow uh, that's yeah, that's a lot of cool pressure close it up. <laughs> I'm sure you like got, i I'm said sure you got tons of, of great stuff yeah i'll try and come up with something upbeat like i said i i go to it for uh you know uh never i'm never writing happy music that's just so funny i'm such a upbeat person hey, maybe that's, that's cool. why <laughs> Hey, that's yep. cool. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, we'll take it as long as it sort of is uh, something that's representative of you. But I just think it would be cool okay. for for folks to hear your your other talents. But uh, thanks again, man. Let's keep in touch. Uh, Hi, thank you. And, this uh, is great. Let's let's keep chatting and and uh, hopefully we can get together sometime and, and jam in real life. Yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's fun. Yeah. Take care. All right. Bye. have it folks another episode of confessions of a creative director in the books thanks to my special guest sunny thomas svp creative director at pure red for joining the show really had a good time uh just a cool guy just a cool cat uh fun to talk to i especially enjoy you know that he's a songwriter he gets it and uh just really a great insightful conversation uh and speaking of of his songwriting chops uh, this is him that you're listening to right now. So I'm going to shut up and let you enjoy the uh, beautiful voice and guitar playing of Sonny Thomas. So until next time, peace, love, and creativity. And you, I'm just a great shit.
taught me everything she knows I know this pill's been tough to swallow But it's okay to leave To every friend that come and go You stayed much longer than you know My memories are hard to control Getting harder to see Just enough to stay away I am old 